With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hook em Up rolls on on a fabulous Friday. It's a football Friday. Ty, you saw the Black Pumas in one of their three shows at ACL Live at the Moody Theater this week, did you not? Oh, it was amazing. And nice. uh, the, we ended up having dinner at Lock and Desa before. So shout yeah, out to, how did that go? Shout with, out to uh, Rick. Rick. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. That's probably my favorite interior Mexican food, an authentic Mexican food place in Austin. Rick no. Lopez. Oh, uh, so, so good. Head, uh, what do they call it? The chief head chef, uh, chief food engineer. Ooh, I like Does that. an amazing job, man. That place is awesome. And if you're going downtown, I mean, there's some cool restaurants there. Uh, no question. But whenever you go to ACL Live, the Moody Theater for anything, you check that out. It's right behind it, essentially. It's on the, the next block over, uh, headed west. Uh, there's really good restaurants right in that area, right? I mean, uh, Franklin's. My wife and all her friends love, love North, Italiana. There's also uh, AT- ATX Cochina. Cocina, one of those Larry Foles spots. Okay. Good spot. That's right there up the road. Cool spots, uh, no question about it. So check it out. There you go, Ty. How was the show, by the way, with uh, Eric Burton and uh, Adrian Quesada and the Black Pumas? It was awesome. Uh, some like two months ago at that F1 event, uh, Nick Shuley hooked it up with, and it, it was just Adrian and uh, I forget the main guy's name. It was just them two. So seeing them Eric with the full Burton. band was, was really cool. Yeah, and it's a, it's. I mean, they they caught fire, man. I mean, because Adrian Quesada has been doing a million projects here in Austin for a long time, different things, and uh, met Eric Burton and uh, Magic, man, Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the music, the musicianship of a guy like Adrian Quesada and all his his band, and then the the voice of Eric Burton, which is as soulful as they get, has uh, you know two albums in now. Pretty good stuff. Uh, I'm glad you got to see that show, Ty. Uh, this is Michael Taff was actually on ESPN Top Ten in high school for his interception against Quinn Ewers. Now you were talking about that, Ty. Several people have mentioned that. that. He picked that, him off uh, twice in the state championship. Now he's his teammate, and uh, the, the the interception he made uh, coming across the field is one of the best plays. You're like, how's that guy walk on? That dude. That's he one, wanted to come to Texas. Let's, Texas said the same thing. Let's one be fair, best, Michael, One of the best catches you'll see ever. Period of or whatever level oh, you're yeah. talking. Well, and let's be I fair, Michael Taft probably could have gotten a scholarship somewhere else he to could play, have. but he wanted, he wanted to, play to play at Texas. Texas. Yeah. yeah, and so here he is. And, and, he, figured, and he, he knew he could earn this. And I give him a lot of prosperous confidence. I think he knew he could earn the scholarship. He's like, I'll earn it. Hey, so now the portal, week. as you were talking about last hour, Rod, let's keep people up to date. We'll get a Rod's rant here coming up. We talking Cowboys again? Uh, yeah, Good. Cowboys, Eagles. Nah, yep. That's the game of the weekend. Chiefs, Bills in the AFC, Cowboys, Eagles in the NFC. Oh, I got a stat I think will prove that D'Amico Ryan should be coach of the year. Too. Fair enough, I love that. that. I think I got one of those. Yeah. Texans play the Jets in a big game uh, in what looked to be rainy New York on Saturday, Sunday afternoon. Not super cold, like in the 60s, but uh, rain could be a factor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Texans, if they can score – 15 points. You feel like they can win that game with C.J. Stroud and company. Uh, but, you know, the, so the co- coaching carousel in college football continues, right? Willie Fritz to Houston. I like that move. I think it's a great hire. It's a good move. 
solid. Yeah. It's and it's, it is. You know, you know, sometimes sometimes you, you know, back in my dating life, Rod. Like if you were dating one type of person, you'd flip completely different the next time, right? Yeah, if she's a party girl, then you know you go with the kind body. of nerdy student homebody next yeah, yeah, time, yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, America does it with presidents. Yes, we do. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's what uh, you know the, the U of H did because Dana Holgerson couldn't be more different than Willie Fritz. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody has their style, but uh, you know Dana Holgerson's a good time guy. One of the time, one of the reasons he left West Virginia to come to Houston to go down a level was there wasn't much to do in West Virginia. <laughs> My man, my man Dana likes to get out and have a good time, right? I know, but Dana, you might need to be settled down so you can focus on football. Yeah, well, imagine the fun that it. him and Huggy Bear used to have back in the day. Oh, in West Virginia, oh, man, you got oh, to you got to try to find fun there. Yeah, yeah Huggy Bear and and Dana together, mm-hmm. look out. Well, look, I mean, Dana's a good guy, but he, he doesn't even really hide it, right? It's like it, Mike Leach. Mike Leach used to like to go out and have a good old time, right? He did, but, um, yeah. You, you know, look the, at the, Dana, and he see, that's, his appearance screams alcoholic, at least yeah. to me. Oh, I'm about that. I wouldn't go that far. I don't think you'd say that. In the nicest way possible. No, people do always say he looks like he does look like he's like just kind of came from a trip from Vegas. Like He's like, he's like you know how everybody looks on the, on, the, on the trip home from Vegas? He always looks like that. That's right. That's probably true. He's been up gambling. I, I, but, you know, Kevin Sumlin was that way guys, when he was at A&M in Houston. But Willie Fritz, no, all business, all ball, all, business, all ball. Man. Whether he's been at Blinn or Georgia Southern mm-hmm. or Tulane, yep. all ball, he's a real all dude. ball coach. And that's a great hire. That's but a great hire. It really is. It really is. Look, I think the Mike Elko hire is a good one for the Aggies. I really do. I think how they, however Ross Bjork fumbled it with the Mark Stoops thing, they landed with the right guy. Uh, if they weren't going to hire Jeff Trailer, they were looking for someone to come in and, and try to lock up that locker room and bring the culture back. I think they got the right guy, and he's a meat and potatoes coach. That's what they were looking, That's for. What they were looking for. And now he brings in Colin Klein from K-State, which tells you, okay, we're looking for some meat and potatoes on, on our offense. Um, we're, we're not going splashy. We're going – Physical, tough, yeah. hard nose. That's what we're going to be as a football program. Uh, and I, I think that's a smart way to go. Uh, but so Elko gets Colin Klein. Remember, uh, Colin Klein apparently reportedly turned down Penn State. Yeah. Because uh, they fired Mike Yursich, the former Longhorn coordinator under Tom Herman. He's out. And the Penn State is now the guy you like a lot, Kansas's Andy Coltonicki. I do. I really do. And he, I mean, I wonder with Kansas how much they're going to miss him because he was calling the plays there. And he and Leopold have been together for a long time. He yeah. and Leopold have been together for a little while. And that's why they had such chemistry and continuity. So I think, you know, that was one of the most unique, if not the most unique offense in the conference other than Texas. And I think you could argue that it's a more uh, diverse offense than even Texas offense. I think they're going to miss Colt Taniki, man, just because of his unique way to call the game. They're going to bring in Jeff Grimes is mostly because they like his, um, his outside zone plays. He's a big proponent of the outside zone, that stretch play. They run a lot of that. Uh, with Kansas, that you can stack and build off that concept. But I don't know if Jeff Grimes is the play call that Colts Nicky is, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's the, the next. Play that was the other uh, musical chair that moved. Was as, as a, the state of Kansas lost both their coordinators. Colin Klein went to A and M, Colts Nicky to Penn State, and then uh, Lance Leopold hired Jeff Grimes, who was fired at Baylor. Yep. Because it, you know he's a run-based offense, and Jeff Grimes a run-based outside zone run coach, and at Baylor's gone completely opposite. They've hired Jake Spavital. They want to throw it a little bit. They want to. They want to go spread, they and they want to throw, throw the football. Mm-hmm. By the way, Blake Shapin, their quarterback, is in the portal uh, and is looking around. There's, you know, you know spots for him. We'll, we'll see. I think Blake Shapin's a pretty good player, not a great player, but a good player. Um, Who's going to be the quarterback? I, I saw where Blake Shapin was talking to Matt Rule. Matt Rule is desperate for a quarterback in Nebraska. Uh, and so keep an eye on, on, on Nebraska for him. Look, Nebraska wants to be on a Kyle McCord, kid from Ohio State. A lot of people want to be on a Kyle that's McCord. A, that's going to cost Nebraska a lot of money. Yeah, well, hey, 
Welcome to NIL. Yeah. Uh, well, like my, Matt Rule told him, hey, you know, the quarterback right now in the portal costs you a million dollars. <laughs> so you, yeah. have, you better be ready. Oh, yeah. And so. That's why they're all getting in the portal. Even oh. after they got 10 win seasons at Blue Blood uh, Power 5 programs, they're like, yeah, if I jump in at the portal, I can get a million. Yeah, I'm jumping in the portal. <laughs> that's, what, that's the immediate thought with Kyle McCord when he's, you know, he's supposed jumping to be at the, the Cotton portal. Bowl. Yeah. But you wonder if Ryan Day told him, look, we're, we're bringing in a Cam Ward or we're going yeah. to get somebody. We're going to spend some money. Uh, because we're at Ohio State. Uh, so that happened. And then Lincoln Riley has gone across town to tab his new defensive coordinator. Remember, Alex Grinch finally got fired during the season. Uh, but UCLA's defensive coordinator, DeAnton Lynn, who came in for one year with the Chip Kelly, came from the NFL, Rod, and turned a bad Bruins defense. It was 90th in scoring and 74th in yards per play one year. Last year was a top 20 unit in both categories. Yeah. So, obviously, you, and, you know, Lincoln Riley played UCLA, got to see that up close with DeAnton Lynn. And now he's going to be the guy charged with uh, helping to fix, helping Lincoln Riley fix that defense. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, UCLA, I believe this year led the country in pressures. Uh, they were the national leader in pressures this wow. year. Wow. Yeah, so I think and that was a terrible defense the year before. So that's what Lincoln yeah. Riley's thinking: Can we strike and get a an up and comer that's just gotten to the college level? He's been at the NFL, bringing those NFL concepts. Yep. Which I like. That's not a – I mean, we've seen that happen a couple times. Michigan did that, right, not too long ago. When he, when he took John Harbaugh as defensive coordinator. Yes, and then gave – and then he, now he's back. Now he's, he's back. Now he's back up there uh, and actually doing a really good job. So we've seen that getting lower-level NFL guys who have aspirations to be a coach or a coordinator, and then maybe you can accelerate their path by, you know, them going from being a position coach in the NFL to being a coordinator uh, at the college level and then a coordinator at – one of the most respected, you know, blue blood institutions like a USC, and that can catapult you back to the NFL to become a coordinator yeah. and then put you on a fast track to being a head coach. Sometimes you got to go a different route because the NFL, sometimes they, uh, you know, just because maybe you don't have enough connections or maybe uh, they want you to wait too long to get that coordinator spot, uh, you got to go to the college level where you know you have the, you know, the ability to be a coordinator just because at that lower level they'll give you a lot more street cred for being an NFL guy. Yes. And that's what he did, and I think smart move. I think you see more guys do it. Our man CB on the tw Twitter machine and on, on uh, the text line says, uh, yesterday Avery Johnson announced he was staying at K-State. So that's big for K-State. That's huge There was some thought that maybe uh, K-State, would, he would follow Colin Klein to A&M. But uh, Avery Johnson, the big four-star kid out of the state of Kansas, going to stay there. Uh, somebody said maybe Austin Novosad comes back to Baylor. Well, we'll see. Um, of course, oh, Austin, yeah. Austin from Dripping Springs was committed yeah. to Baylor. And then, you know, when Will Stein, his mm -hmm. offensive coordinator, uh, you know, Will Stein was not his offensive coordinator, but it was a quarterback coach of his while he was growing up. Will Stein was the offensive coordinator of Lake Travis. Yep. Uh, and so he, but he was also mentoring other quarterbacks in the area, including Austin, as he was growing up. So Will Stein got the offensive coordinator job at Oregon, and he flipped his commitment late on the, on the last day. Uh, to go to, to, to Oregon. But the reports are that Oregon's after Dylan Gabriel. And that if they bring in Dylan Gabriel to replace Bo Nix, hmm. if, if Austin Novosad says, you know what, Jake Spavital needs a quarterback. I'm out. And Baylor's going to throw yeah. it around. Because you could often, almost understand that, that Austin Novosad's going, well, you know, Jeff Grimes, run base, they don't throw much. Um, plus, Will Stein, I've got a great relationship with him. You wonder if he looks back and says, oh, now, now Spavitol's there. They're going to sling that ball around at Baylor. I mean, that's what that, – right now, being a quarterback in the transfer portal era, you know, these are the things you got to consider. Yeah, pick your spot. Consider, consider your, the system you're going to hey, play in, consider the coach you're going to play for, all that kind of stuff. Can I ask you this? Would you say – and I know the production in there yet, but you know this, right? Quarterbacks are the most important position, but the hardest position to find in college football, maybe even in pro football, is defensive linemen, especially on the interior i got to think Walter Nolan is kind of the unicorn in this portal. Walter Nolan, I know what's going on at A&M is sour, but Walter Nolan was a five-star player. He's 290 pounds. He's mm -hmm. cat quick. He can play inside and outside. Yeah. 
that's that guy has got to have a lot of demand. And you got to think Texas, with the losses of Sweat and Murphy and possibly Alfred Collins, I mean, where else would you want to play? Go come up the road and get developed by Bo Davis. You know, I mean, yeah. that that's a unicorn to me. Those guys are hard. There are a lot of players. When you're talking about 3,000 players in a the portal, there are a lot of guys that are just guys. That's a difference maker because those are hard to find, Rod. 290, 295 defensive linemen that can move, great hands, quickness. Um, that That's a guy I would because everybody's after him. Michigan's after him. Uh, at Tennessee, where, where of course he from? he's from the state of State of Tennessee, uh, Powell High School out there in, in Powell, Tennessee. But uh, he was the number one recruit in the nation in 2022. That was part of that huge class that, that um, Jimbo paid for, I mean, reeled in, <laughs> according to Nick Saban. You asked Nick Saban, yeah, exactly. That's a guy I'll be watching because and I, hope, I, I would hope Texas is in on that because that's a, those are hard to find, those guys. It would go against what Texas, at least kind of what their uh, MO has been in the transfer portal lately, which is we, we, we bring in productivity. Yeah. Over, you know, what I mean, the productivity yeah, over projects. They don't like projects. They like a guy who's already proven because they want to supplement the roster with the transfer portal. They don't want to build the roster through the transfer portal. Uh, but there are exceptions to every rule, and I'm with you. Might need to make the exception there, considering what you're losing on the defensive line, interior D line, and then what you could gain there. Yeah, yeah, I, you got you got something to sell. The other team that's after him, how heavy is Florida State? Because they're losing Jared Verse and Man, some of their D line. They got something to sell. Well, too. remember Jared Verse, who's going to be a first round draft pick, a high one at that, the pass rusher mm-hmm. from that Florida State team that got stung on selection Sunday. He um, he came from Albany College, yeah, and turned into an All American. Albany College, yeah, New York. That's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that yeah, shows really. you. Yeah, yes, beast mode. Yeah, beast mode. Right. I mean, you're, you're talking about Texas recruiting the kid from UTSA. Who had 14 sacks last year? Yeah, uh, he's Trey Moore. He's a really good player. Trey Moore, right? Yeah, and he he, he actually uh, that one. He's the defensive player of the year in the AAC. Yeah. this past year. Yeah, and so Jeff Trailer trying to hold on to him, but probably not. He's not going to hold. That's on the to production him. you're talking about. Yeah, that's that exactly. Texas is looking for. And he's an edge rusher in Texas. They've been trying to upgrade at the edge rusher position. They like Ethan Burke. They like Baron Sorrell. Uh, but you can never have too many pass rushers. No. He's a natural one. And you talk about they they obviously Colin Simmons is kind of the next generation for them. That's going to start their pipeline hopefully you know of getting high-end talent and then start that pipeline of defensive ends edge rushers to the nfl for texas been a while since that's been the case um i think the insurance policy would be a guy like trey moore just in case colin simmons development isn't going the way you wanted to or maybe you can't accelerate the development you get a guy like that you don't have to well, and you have depend anthony, on him to be the guy you, know, you already have anthony hill at linebacker who's a freshman all-america who could also He'd drop and rush edge. the passer yeah. and the, the word on colin simmons and you'll see him duncanville of course in the semifinals looking to get to the state championship game again you know he's what 235 240 pounds he's gonna have to get bigger um and and, and you know but colton vosick's a guy don't forget colton vosick uh, Ethan Burke's teammate yeah who committed to texas he flipped from oklahoma late in the recruiting process another guy but yeah you can never have too many and i think longhorn coaches and are hopeful that alfred collins will come back right he walked on senior night yeah uh, but he has eligibility Didn't you the senior bowl invite? he's gonna go to the senior bowl uh, you wonder if maybe he gets that grade of hey go back potentially just because the motor's yeah. That would be helpful to have Alfred Collins coming uh, back. That would be, that'd be amazing. And I could see it happening just because, you know, Bo Davis's reputation, and he's actually watched in front of him the last two years, uh, guys like Kendrick Colburn, Moore Ojimo, go from maybe a late-round draft pick, maybe undrafted, to both of those guys getting drafted, and then from Devondre Sweat being a mid- to late-round pick to now a guaranteed first-round pick, yeah, All-American, like Outland Trophy winner potentially. Yeah. Yeah, I think he can see he can see the path. He can see the light uh, to a, to him being an NFL draft pick and uh, increasing his draft stock. Yeah, because he's so. watched Christian Jones and 
as you mentioned, T-Sweat, and those guys walked on senior night and then came back, and they, they yep. tested the process a little bit, got the information, and we're back playing. Well, well. All right, let's get to Rod's rant number two of the day. We've got big NFL weekend coming. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've got it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, uh, I want to get to uh, Cowboys-Eagles. Before we get into the Cowboys-Eagles, I want to give you this one little stat. We're talking about D'Amico Ryans and, you know, is he going to, you know, make the best case for coach of the year um, in his first year with the Texans? And I think he will. I think right now he's got to be the, the front runner. And if not, I think he's one of the front runners. Um, if they win a division, I think he's guaranteed to get it. Uh, but here's a little stat for you. Um, the Panthers – as you know, they've been going through it. They're a bit of a fuster cluck of a franchise right now. Um, the Panthers have played the fourth most amount of unique players. That means in most individual players, like they've played 71 unique players, the Panthers have, in 2023. All right, that's the fourth most. You know who's played the most unique players in the NFL? Houston. The Texans. Yeah. 74 unique players they've played. He's coach of the year, folks. Yeah, that's the thing. He's coach of the I year. I've been watching them all year. It's been, you want to say. Because the offensive line's been a disaster. Work, secondary patchwork. They, they, now the skill position. Now they, they lost Tank Dale, so they're playing more skill position guys than they've ever played. Defense. They've had a ton of injuries on defense. Been rotating guys. And with all that being said, they're still in the uh, run for the division with C.J. Stroud having the best rookie season in the history of the NFL, potentially. With, by the way, rookie play callers on offense and defense. And him as a rookie head coach. Guys, he's coach of the year. That nobody's got a better case than Beko Ranch right now. Nobody. Yeah, I think that's fair. Not again. We, I watch every game, so it's and it's right. Who, who's this guy? I gotta go look at the roster. It's like who is this guy? Seventy four e. Well, they've started three different centers, <laughs> four different centers this year. They started four different guys at right tackle this year. It's been a mess, and C.J. Stroud. So, and you know what I think helps uh, D'Amico Ryan's even more was the performance last week against Denver in a game that everybody paid attention to because the Broncos were the hottest team in football, That's a good point. and the defense won the game. Defense showed up. C.J. Stroud was fine. You're right about that. Defense won the game. Yeah. Three turnovers forced. Uh, Will Anderson was a was a was a man out there wrecking wrecking shop. Derek Stingley had, finally looked Derek good. Derek Stingley had two picks, great. and so so you're seeing the improvement of the defense on that side, which is his side of the ball, to have that you know, interception in the end zone to end the game. That uh, okay, that's not about C.J. Stroud. That's about D'Amico Ryan's defense getting better. No, you're right about that. Uh, since we're talking about the defense for D'Amico, uh, how about this little stat before we talk Cowboys? Cornerback uh, Derek Steenley tied for the most interceptions with Deron Bland since week 10. That's what I said yesterday. And, yeah. by the way, the Texans are going to have near $100 million in cap space coming up this yeah. offseason. They'll be among the leaders. It's not just looking for right now, but the future – Texans, and they've got the core positions, right? Left tackle, quarterback, corner, pass rush. They've got those, those uh, you know, franchise, and they're all you know, under 25 years old outside of Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, Derek Stingley has the sixth lowest pass rating when targeted since week 10. And if you go look at it, he has the, uh, the highest, uh, what they call, uh, hawk rate. Um, which is basically ball hawking rate, plays you make on the football. He's at 50% ball hawk rate, which means 50% of the time that he's been targeted since then, he's making plays on the football. He's now, if the light goes off for him, that can take that defense to the level. If he can become not a shutdown corner, but just a guy that you can 
consistently rely on and not have to always give help or roll coverage his way, that defense can go to another level. You know really what, can. Uh, not, Maybe that's why it's going to another well, level. Well, he couldn't stay healthy for a little bit there. And now he's, if he's on the field, he, the two interceptions he made last week, one Will Anderson tipped, but the catch he made, his, his hands are elite. He's, yes. The catch got, he made was like a receiver catch. And then he cut under a post route, uh, and he kind of, I don't say coming out of nowhere, but he baited the quarterback into it and then came up like Spider-Man and had a pick of Dub Russell Wilson. Sweet play. Yeah. A huge play uh, in the game. And obviously, the, the Texans ended the game with the Jimmy Ward pick in the end zone. Oh, uh, yeah. Now, I mean, it, it, the secondary for the Texans is way underrated. Between Jalen Petrie, Stingley now, uh, they, they got some really good players in the secondary, man. Yeah. Uh, they really do. Uh, I, I got to look. Is Dalton Schultz playing Sunday against the Jets? That's important That's because Tank Dell won't. But they, 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 they have Noah Brown, who they think can step up and has been good. They have Nico Collins. They really need Dalton Schultz to be back to play that stingy Jets defense because that's a matchup of yeah. Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley, right? Went 2-3 in the oh, draft right. a couple years ago. Yeah, that's big, that's big, that's big for Nick Casario. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, because a lot of people were critical of him for passing up on Sauce Gardner um, and choosing Derek Stingley instead. And a lot of people thought, hey, man, him being a rookie, an all-pro as a rookie, uh, that's an indictment on Nick Casario. But if Stingley shows up, uh, that can be really big for uh, well, Nick so Casario. Well, everything we just said right there, if, if, if D'Amico Ryan's is coach of the year, Nick Casario might be the executive of the year. Well, he's, got, he's definitely going to have rookie of the year. Right, you have offensive ready to get Well, and for, for that draft pick, whether it was lucky or not, however it played out, you also made the Will Anderson trade, who's going to be an all-rookie defensive player. Um, you also got rid of Deshaun Watson. You you did all this by getting rid yeah. of the problem and flipping, yeah, you're right, and, flipping <laughs> and those then picks. getting the right quarterback, and you're not having to deal with Deshaun Watson's mess. Yeah, and the guaranteed contract comes. So now you have a quarterback that's this level on a rookie deal for the next five years. The window is now open. Uh, you know, I'm not saying Casario's made every right move, but. Pretty damn good year, he said. Uh, well, he hasn't, but as long as you hit on the big ones. And the big ones are quarterback, <laughs> his foundational piece on defense, and those are the ones he's hit on. And I'll say, I think he's actually hit on more of his uh, mid to late round draft picks. Nico Collins. Than a lot of the other GMs uh, that have kind of that have come on around the Jaylen same time Petrie, that he did. A lot of good yeah, players that he's found. A lot of good players he's found in late in the draft or in the mid rounds. All right. Just Damian some, Pierce. Some, just, some, uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a bunch <laughs> of them. I was going to say, you can go on and on. Um, so, I, he, honestly, the Texans – they executive of the year, coach coach of the year, rookie of the year, and if Will Anderson continues to play really well, they got a shot to win defense a rookie of the year too. Uh, right now, I think Devin Witherspoon is probably um, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, be close, be close, oh, but yeah, yeah he has another couple games like, especially I keep saying this week. But when you play in New York, and it's the Jets. Why did the Jets get all the headlines come Monday? Because people care. It's New York. It's New York, man. Yeah, yeah. you, win, you <laughs> exactly. win that game, and you yeah. make a statement against a bad Jets team. Uh, that you'll you'll be the talk of next week, and you and the Cowboys, because the Cowboys have a chance to do the same thing. That will be the New York media. Um, all right, uh, we don't have a ton of time to get back to the Cowboys. That was a good Texans talk. So I'll just throw this out there uh, for the Cowboys fans. I know the Eagles, their big uh, advantage in this matchup is probably their pass rush because they have – one of the best, if not uh, the best, pass rush in the league. Hassan Reddick is leading the NFL in sacks with nine. Josh Sweat and Jalen Carter combined have ten sacks. So they are really, really effective at uh, uh, pressuring the opposing passer. Dak right now playing like the best quarterback in the league. If anything can you know, neutralize Dak's performance or force Dak to become erratic, it would be pressure on him. Terrence Steele is the one to watch. Terrence Steele, last time the Eagles played the Cowboys, allowed 12 pressures. He's only allowed 12 pressures in the last four weeks combined. He allowed 12 in just that one game and allowed four sacks. 
that's why a big reason why um, Dak was under constant arrest. But he still actually had a really good game. If they can keep Dak clean and Terrence still can play a much better game, and he has to because that's probably the worst game he's ever played, and I'm sure he's going to be going up against Hassan Reddick a lot, who's got nine sacks and leads the NFL. Um, that is one of the only issues that I foresee or foreshadow the Cowboys maybe having is the protection uh, on that O-line, but they can deal with that a number of ways. You can insulate it with getting the ball out quickly and with the quick game. Uh, you can provide you know, a running back or a tight end over there to chip um, and help out Terrence Steele. So there are options for the Cowboys there. The other big issue for the Cowboys um, would be Deron Bland and them targeting him. You're talking about maybe the best wide receiving duo in the league with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. Uh, Deron Bland has been targeted the last two games 23 targets 16 receptions 279 yards he's gotten the most targets in the last two weeks of any of the Cowboys defenders and he hasn't eh, hasn't performed that well I mean 55 percent of the total yards he's allowed in the in the in the season so far it came in the last two games 16 receptions in the last two games allowed he has gotten an interception still leading the NFL in interceptions but he's got to shore up his technique teams are now starting to attack his consistency he's so consistent in the way he plays different routes the way he defends different routes he's going to have to break tendency in the way that he defends certain routes and certain concepts. If not, uh, then teams are going to continue to attack him and target him. Uh, I'm sure that Dan Quinn's working on it. Dan Quinn's adjustment last game was to put Stefan Gilmore on DK Metcalf because DK Metcalf was torching uh, the young buck to run bland. You may see something like that with Stefan Gilmore taking maybe an A.J. Brown if they can work it out that way, maybe they can shadow him and then having Deron Bland end up on Devontae Smith. But ain't no hiding with that, that Eagles wide receiving core. They're just too good. Either one you end up on could be trouble if your technique is, isn't flawless pretty much. Well, my only – because I, I agree with you 100% on your analysis. If Terrence Steele has a good game and they can protect Dak, you can shred that secondary. But I'll say this again. I know – there's a lot of people selling their stock in the Eagles, and I wouldn't be so quick to do that. Yeah, that's crazy. There's still a there's still a, a tough heart in there, and there's still a team that's been hearing all week that they're done and they're, you know, they're, that's finally collapsing. And maybe it is. Maybe you know the the loss of both coordinators after the Super Bowl, the injury to Jalen Hurts, the defensive issues that they're having mm-hmm. have finally caught up. But I still think when you got guys like, um, you know, Jason Kelsey up front and yeah. Jalen Hurts and, and you know. Fletcher Cox. I mean, these guys are pros, and the Cowboys know it. Uh, these are rivals. I, I, you will get the best Eagles team. You will not get that Eagles team that got blown off the field by the Niners. I agree with that. And, but I, you also won't get the Cowboys team that got blown off the field by the Niners. You're going to get the best version of the Cowboys. But that's the only way I didn't see the Cowboys not winning this game is Terrence Steele gets abused again, and Dak has to rush some passes, and Dak's, Dak's you know, you're creating negative plays and turnovers. They stay ahead of the chains. Dak is in a he's in the zone right now. Yeah, and that's why the running game is going to be big. Last time the Cowboys played the Eagles, only 71 rushing yards for the Cowboys, I believe on 21 attempts. Since then, they've run for at least 100 yards in every game since that Week 9 uh, matchup versus the Eagles. And Tony Pollard, that's your boy, uh, he is back. 18 forced missed tackles in the last four weeks. Uh, third most missed tackles on run plays. Fifth most yards after contact since week 10 that is going to be the key i'm with you i think terrence Steele and his performance in pass protection is going to be key and tony pollard both of those guys were no shows for you in the first meeting now both of them are playing at a much higher level and tony pollard if tony pollard uh, can come to play in this game and looks anything like his old self and the cowboys can come to close to rushing 400 yards like you said they'll stay ahead of the chains and they'll stay away from predictable passing situations when the eagles can tee off and go after Dak. Can I, That's going to be key for him. Can I give you all a Tony Pollard stat? Please do. 
he uh, Zeke Elliott had more points last night fantasy wise than Tony Pollard's had all year. Twenty two, twenty two point seven, I think. Trust me, I know. I uh, I am a Tony Pollard owner, and it's not. Uh, he's getting better. Uh, he's not for the tenth and twelfth pick in the draft. No, not for that. No, no, no. I'm so talking about for the. Why I'm not going to win my league because my I had the twelfth pick. I had that that snake turnaround pick, twelve and thirteen. I took Pollard and Austin Eckler. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Damn. Neither have done a damn thing. That's brutal. Yeah, thanks. Ooh, thanks, guys. That's brutal. Well, because if you if you're drafting where I was, and you have to get running backs, because you're by the time you come back or up around, you're not going to get any, any backs. So I had to go run. Those were the best backs available at the time. There are a lot of running backs that blew up in fantasy people's face because people remember drafted Bijan really high, and because of Arthur Smith and the way they used him, Bijan hadn't been spectacular. Be- well, that was where my worst picks. My best pick was where I took Mostert. Mostert's been a badass from the mm-hmm. Dolphins. He's yeah. been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my other two have just been dead weight. Yeah. <laughs> dead weight on my it's a roster. waste of a spot. Why are you trying to trade him? <laughs> no one wants him. <laughs> they know he's dead weight, too. Nobody wants him. <laughs> Nobody wants I, and him. I was a little patient. Like, they're going to come on here. Man. Yeah, it's a long yeah, season. you can't wait. Because you invested so much in him. Yeah, but lost enough games early that I'm kind of out of contention now. All right, we'll come back. Damn I did. Shit. I did trade for Tua midseason. I did make a tra- that tra- was smart I trade. I traded Brandon Ayuk for Tua. Yeah, that was smart. It was because the guy had Tua and he had uh, Lamar Jackson, so he, mm-hmm. he didn't know who to start. So got him, but no, come on, too late. All right. Either way, we'll come back when we do. Uh, I don't want to get in my fantasy football. He's been the damnedest year. <laughs> I got a good team, and we keep we keep losing to these teams that have somebody out of nowhere have like thirty points that they like they oh, haven't yeah. done it all year. Oh yeah. And I last mean- week it was Chuba Hubbard for the Carolina. What? What? Oh, Chuba Hubbard's like 25 points. I got all about Chuba. Like, where did he come from? And I imagine the, quarter, the quarterback issues have got to be killing fantasy owners this year, too. Oh, yeah, all the injuries. All the injuries 100%. at quarterback, yeah. 100%. I started we'll Jake Browning last week. Oh, Cincinnati, good, good, good go. He's <laughs> did good. you really? Yeah, out of pure necessity. I, no, it was not, it was not me being smart. We'll, it was luck. We've got to get to the timeout, but I'll pick that. You know, Jake Browning, that's an interesting story. I'll tell you that when we come back. That's a good story. Hey, he might have made himself some money here. Uh, might have. That, well, he's got four more games to play for Joe Burrow. We'll be back. Hook him up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook him up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Yeah, pretty fun uh, time of the year. You know, we're 20, what, 17 days to Christmas, 23 days to the new year. Longhorns on New Year's night. So a lot of good uh, optimism around the Longhorn program. We just had a 20-minute segment about the NFL and the Cowboys and the Texans are both fun to watch. And it's amazing. The Texans are fun to watch. Good times, brother. Somebody said, hey, guys, uh, on Nick, Nick Casario, the signing of Blake Cashman was a super underrated move for the Texans, too. That dude, go to PFF and look up Blake Cashman, the linebacker they signed from the Jets. That dude's a tackling machine, Rod. Is he really? He's, he's, oh. Okay. So good. Mm. And um, he is he's everywhere. He's been their middle linebacker. He just he's been really good for them. Uh, it's probably why the Texans weren't in on the Darius Leonard conversation, the Shaq Leonard move when he was looking with the Colts because because Cashman's played so well, uh, at linebacker for Houston, uh, and that's we you know we were talking about where the Cowboys are right. The Cowboys, you know, Dak has a chance to change his legacy, and I know that sounds heavy, but it does. I mean, let's be honest. If he has a good month here and he keeps playing like he is, he can win an MVP award. He could. Right. He's gonna that changes the, the legacy of Dak Prescott from. 
You know, is he an elite quarterback? Where is he in the quarterback rankings, the tiers of QBs? He can change that uh, with a strong performance. But it starts with these games where, where the team they're playing is good. Totally and, agree. And that's the thing about the Texans. I mean, I'll hear Cowboy fans talking about we're 10 and well, we're 9 and 3. Well, you, you have, the, the Texans have beat better teams than you have this year. So the, the, you could argue the Texans are actually a little more proven because they, beat, they went into Cincinnati and beat Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. They went, mm-hmm. you know, they beat Pittsburgh, uh, who's, you know, they've fallen on hard times the last five yeah. days, but they were, you know, 7 and 14 going into the last weekend. You beat them, and you beat them bad in your own building. Uh, you know, you beat, uh, you've beaten some good football. Denver was the hottest team in football when yep. you beat them yesterday, last week. So, you know, these are, those are accomplished wins, whereas Dallas, to this point, their best win is Seattle. And it was they had to hold on for it, right? I mean, it, but a win's a win. Don't apologize. But they need to pile up some good wins. They do to change the the narrative of now nah, they just beat bad teams. And so if it, I think it needed for their confidence too. One hundred percent. They have to start believing at this point that man, can we beat a good team? You think we haven't it. beaten one? They they didn't beat one in the playoffs. Last time they beat a good team was in the playoffs last year, I guess, in the first beat round. Tampa in the first round. Yeah. Just, yeah. Beat exactly. Brady. See, look at the time. Brady. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's, see, that's that, the last time you beat a good team. And that's right. <laughs> and, and I think you just said it. Obviously, the, the national narrative they don't care about, but the, the confidence in that locker room. Look, they left that San Francisco locker room shell-shocked. They, they put a lot into that yeah. game, and they got ambushed. Yeah, they did. Then they went to Philadelphia, and they played with a lot more confidence, yet they still lost. Still. They outplayed the Eagles, yet they still lost the game. Mm-hmm. So to your point about uh, you getting out of this slump, you've got to beat a good team. And now, in your next four weeks, you're going to play you know, a team that's 10-2, and a team that's 9-3, and a team that's 9-3. and three. Um, then you know, like Buffalo's six and six, but they're kind of one of those. They just feel like they're better than six and six with Josh. No, they Allen. definitely are. They definitely are. But they, as an organization, they're regressing. The talent level is still really high, but as an organization, they're regressing. That's why you're starting to see the changes. They're outside the five-year window. I've talked about all the time. Yeah, you have. Once you're outside that five-year window, you you get your, your desperation starts to increase because the, the, there's a lot of pressure from the ownership, from the fans about hey. It's, why are you guys winning more games? Why are you, why is, why are you guys going to the Super Bowl? And it seems like they're blowing games, right? Yeah. The Jets game early when Josh Allen throws the picks. I mean, mm-hmm. the games, they're, they're giving these games away mm-hmm. uh, that they should be winning. And remember, their best win in Buffalo, they beat the Dolphins. Or beat the Bill, they beat the Dolphins and beat them bad. Yeah. Remember the week after the Dolphins put 70 on the Broncos? And that's what we all thought. Oh, man, the Dolphins, they're not legit. Cause they can't, remember, we thought the Dolphins, they can't beat good teams. They can only beat bad teams badly. Right? They, they can't beat good teams. And they're starting to shift that narrative, too. And the Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins. Well, and obviously the Bills, you mean the Bills play the Chiefs Sunday, right? So mm-hmm. the Cowboys play the Bills the following week in Buffalo. In, in Buffalo. So they're either going to be 6-7 and seven or they're going to be 7-6 and six and feeling much better about their season because they just beat the Chiefs. Now, I don't know if they can beat the Chiefs because the Chiefs are really good and they just got beaten by Green Bay. But I think it's the people starting to ask the question, are the Chiefs really good? Uh, or are, are they still just have the great quarterback and the best quarterback in the league? But defense is pretty good. But they're they're not. I think like the defense level. has fallen off a little bit as of late, though. Yeah, Jordan Love had a good game against them. Jordan Love made some really good throws in that Tell game. You, Jordan Love last five weeks, top five in passer rating. Something's happening there in Green Bay. The lights going off for him, or they're figuring out you know how to win in spite of him. But I, from what I'm hearing and based on the stats, he's playing much better now. Joe Love is playing this Hey, Sunday, Rod, I'll leave the door open for you. You can just come on over because look at this. we got the noon window with the Jets and Texans, which will be fun. But you've also got L.A. and Baltimore. How about Rams at Baltimore? Rams just had a huge win last week where they beat Cleveland. Matt Stafford's back and flinging the rock. And um, that Baltimore team is coming off a bye week. That one could get ugly, but at the same time, uh, because NFC teams coming in to play Lamar Jackson get hammered. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you're right about that. I won't say their record is something ridiculous that but, they dominate oh. uh, those teams. Uh, like Detroit this year, yeah. Seattle went in there and got ambushed. So, so then the late window though, you've got the uh, the Niners and Seahawks at 3:05. That'll be interesting to see if the uh, they just played on Thanksgiving and they're playing yeah. again this time in San Francisco. See how Geno Smith performs against that defense. He was better against the Cowboys. Yeah, he was. They did have ten days to get ready, but they remember the the, the Geno Smith thing. They were they could have won that game against Dallas, but they went they didn't convert on fourth down three straight drives against the Cowboys. And isn't defense. he dealing with an injury? Remember they had they cause even on that uh, the, the Thanksgiving game they showed him like on the table that he's been kind of dealing with some arm injury and stuff like that. Um, working past. Yeah, uh, how about this? Since taking over as the Ravens starting quarterback in 2018, Lamar Jackson 17-1. and one. Against NFC teams. You might want to put NFC that in your parlay. Opponents. And that's, that was actually, yeah, NFC. Hey, Ty, you could tease that one. down to a half a point and go ahead and win that Baltimore Good game. It's seven and a half. It's seven and a hook. Good Lord. That might be down to your <laughs> Yeah. Right, go ahead and get that. Take it <laughs> yeah. to win. Uh, I would also say, so in the late window, you got the Niners uh, hosting the Seahawks, which is kind of the Seahawks' last stand here. If they lose that game, they're going to be out of the playoffs. You know, then the Niners yeah, are favored son. by 11. And then the but Buffalo's playing KC at 325. That's the big game with, with Nance and Romo. And that'll roll right into the Cowboys-Eagles at 705 or 720 with Carrie Underwood and her legs and Sunday. Carrie you know. Underwood and them legs. Hey, now. Hey, man. Hey, now. Uh, <laughs> so that's your Sunday. That's pretty good. Now, Saturday, Army-Navy, we will all be watching. As we heard from Craig Flowers yesterday, uh, everybody on that field is willing to die for you eventually as they move on from their football careers. Every player playing in the Army-Navy game is willing to put their life on the line for every person watching in the in their future. Yeah. The, they represent the best of us. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Courageous. I'm watching an old Brave. game right here. Yeah. CBS Sports is running some old Army-Navy games. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I love that. I love the, the history lesson we got from oh, – you got to go so check good. it out. I, if we don't have it podcasted, we got to try to put, podcast that part. Yeah, that, can, no can you grab that from Craig? and Because uh, uh, that, that was great. Ty, let's plan on putting that out because you were out yesterday with Brock doing a good job. Uh, but go ahead and pull, pull that. It was 9.30 yesterday, yep. and, and you worked – Ty worked with Craig Flowers on the high ground for years. He, oh, he's heard a lot of those stories. But it's, it's worth it going into the Army-Navy game to get that history lesson. By the way, I did message with Colonel after that, and I said, what about doing like a Paul Harvey thing, doing a story of the day? that we could play here, maybe even on Coke, Coke FM. He said, I can do that. Oh, I know he can do that. <laughs> do like the Paul Harbour. Good, yeah. good day. Oh, man. No, no, no now you know that. the he, rest of the story. He's got stories for days. days. They're fantastic. And every story just leaves you with more questions about, hold up, what? I got a follow-up here. What would you say there? Well, if you, if you were intrigued by and you, you hadn't heard much of Colonel or you'd miss hearing him on Saturday mornings, if you go to our podcast page, you can search for it. You can find my hour and 40-minute podcast I did with him. Telling tell oh, his man. story from baseball player at TCU and Ranger Junior College I on bet. to uh, oh, uh, the Army and um, becoming a full colonel. By the way, Craig, Craig Flowers was the young at the time. He still may be the youngest ever full colonel in the U.S. Army. Really? Yes. He set a record at the time when yes. he came in? That's... Yes. Now, he, he wouldn't brag about that, but he was. He should brag about well, that. He was in his low, he was low 40s. When he, I would brag about that. That's or amazing. Or mi middle 40s. But yeah, that's amazing. He was, yeah. I mean, only that's a 60, you're 50 or 60 years old when you're becoming a full colonel. He was in his 40s. Wow. Um, I after, didn't realize that. After playing college baseball in, uh, back in the old Southwest Conference at, uh, at TCU and at uh, Ranger Junior College. The man's exceptional. Yeah, he is a good dude. Extraordinary And you won't meet a better person. Uh, you know, makes it, he works to make your life better when you're around him for a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's one of those guys that exemplifies leadership. You know, uh, I've heard a great quote that um, helping people for – basically helping people for their own well-being 
that's leadership. Helping people for your well-being, that's manipulation. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he, he's a leadership guy. 100%. He's a, he's a leadership well, guy. Trying to first, help you help yourself. Well, I, when mm-hmm. I first met him, and we need to get you a radio show. Um, he, <laughs> well, he was so nice. My wife, of course, is uh, special ed, right? She does, she's mm-hmm. director of special ed at Hayes, Hayes School District at the time. Now she's in Dripping Springs. Shout out. And he, she said, hey, will you come speak to my teachers, like at the beginning of school? Wow. He's like, sure. And they still talk about it. Like team building yes. and camaraderie. Yes. And he charges a lot of money to go speak to corporations like that. Yeah. He did it for her for nothing. And I think they may well, have paid, paid him a little bit out of the school budget, but it wasn't what he normally would make. Because he was doing it because he understands the cost. Yeah. Right? Your, your wife's doing God's work, too. He understands those. Our society built on the selflessness of service. Yep. Somebody he he's somebody that understands well, that all too well, and the, the, <laughs> and it, it's amazing because I've heard him many many times just talking to him. But the impact, I mean, the teachers still talk, I mean, this, they still talk about it yeah. in the department because he breaks down little bullet points for you, yeah, so you can remember them. I remember a lot of the terms he's throwing out there, like energy vampires. Oh and, yeah, and I've wrote down some of that stuff too, and it does. It, he and that's how you know he's really good at like public speaking and talking to these groups because he understands y'all not gonna retain everything, but I'm gonna give you a little bullet point that will pin. Well, it's one of those your psyche where, and you remember that because it's yeah. all about how do you build an elite team right and teamwork yeah. and working together team building some sarks like, yeah. sarks talked about it with his culture this year a lot of how, it's 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 intentional it's every day it's all the time it's not a slogan or a sign on the wall it's every day but you know there, when you get the when you get that hour long spiel from Craig you start going well am I doing that mm-hmm. am I one of those am I doing that with my family am uh, I doing that at my job am I doing that yeah <laughs> <laughs> am I am I an energy vampire Am I, am I the one hurting? hurting? Yeah, everyone's yeah. got to look at themselves and it, say, I love it. Hmm. It's great. It, it, it really, he really what is. What could I do better? He's uh, very talented. Yeah, it's really well. Yeah. And he, that's what he does. <laughs> you know, and that's uh, what we'll see with Army Navy. All those guys are trained at, the, at West Point to go be the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, at Annapolis uh, with the Navy. So we'll God be looking for that. God we'll put that out today. Let's come back and do some uh, Who Said That, Rod? Who said Who said it? It took him up with Ian Robbins. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Cowboy fans are mad, and who said that, Rod? The NFL has assigned John Hussey and his crew to the Cowboys-Eagles game Sunday night. If you don't know, John Hussey is uh, – the Eagles are 7-0 and when John Husky's crew calls an Eagles game, Uh-oh. nearly a 4-1 to penalty ratio, too. Ooh. Eagles versus their opponent. Yeah. John that's Hussey. <laughs> that's a little, little hey, factoid. That's how you know you're a real loyal fan when you know the names of the officials that are going to – Eagle you know, fans know it's like their secret weapon, apparently. Yeah, and then, you, <laughs> and then you know, like, the tendencies of the officials when they call games and the records of your team with those yeah, officials yeah, yeah. calling the games. I do not pay attention to that stuff. I would go crazy. I can't do it. I know Logan fans do it, too. They hate – was it Kevin Marr? What was his name? Is that the guy? Kevin Ma. Kevin Ma? Everybody, every long oh, hair they hate Kevin hate, Every time they see it, like, oh, I hate this guy. Well, I'm that's like, the Oklahoma State guy. Yeah, it is. 15 penalties yeah. to none. Yeah, so, hey, I get it. Hey, look, I the Longhorns it. got through and won the Big 12 despite the officiating and yes. all that went on. Exactly. And like Mac Brown, you say, coaches, coach, players, play, officials, officiate. Don't worry about that stuff. All right, what do we have? What do you have for me? And who said that, Rod V? Uh, Ty, you can dial them up. I sent you a couple of uh, nuggets, a couple of pieces of audio. And who said that? I feel like anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a special bond that I have with those guys over there, Coop, Stafford, um, you know, I still could hit a little group chat and, you know, talk some trash to him this week and just uh, – it's just all love and respect. You know, McVay's been – he kind of was the person who – or the whole situation and organization kind of brought me back to loving and having joy for, for football and, and understanding true professionalism and being prepared. And um, it was just a great experience for me alongside of, you know, winning the Super Bowl. But uh, just overall – 
it, it was one of the best things that's happened in my life. Got Who me. said Got that? Got me, Rod. Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ. Said he owes, a Matt, owes he uh, Sean McVay. Yeah, he's still playing. Baltimore, right? Yeah. Uh, he said, says he owes – well, I don't know if he's actually playing, but he plays for Baltimore. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he just says he owes them a lot. Said he basically brought back his love for football being with the Rams after everything he went through. So, shout out. Hey, can we get to uh, another piece of who said that? Who said this? This would give you – if you're worried about John Hussey's crew against the Cowboys, this might give you some confidence for your Cowboys. Hussey. Yeah, I mean, you see it on tape, though. Uh, and then, obviously, we put the blueprint out there. Hopefully, the Cowboys watch the tape. Um, we made Jalen stay in the pocket and escape outside instead of those big gaps and uh, paid off. Because Jalen's looking at the rush every play. Um, so, yeah, you just have to be disciplined and, and not give him that quick escape route where he could get to his guys quick. And it paid off. Oh, it's got to be somebody for the 49ers, isn't it? Bosa. Okay. Nick Bosa saying hopefully the Cowboys watch the tape, the blueprints there. The <laughs> we blue- just- yeah, I mean, he's right about that. The blue they did, you know, make the Eagles offense look uh, erratic. They did not look great. But I think it was more about the Eagles defense to me. Eagles defense is what their issue is, not their offense. Their offense will be okay. I think their offense was worn out from that stretch they had played, and the 49ers are a legit defense. So and, and the Cowboys can do that too. But the Eagles' defense is so bad right now, guys. It is not good. It's one of the worst defenses in the league. I'm not making that up. Well, they're missing uh, Jonathan Gannon, their defensive coordinator, and they some are. pieces on that defense. I would also say that, uh, that that was a statement game for the Niners. Remember, they lost that game in the NFC Championship game a year ago without Brock Purdy, and you know they got to go in there and say, okay, here yeah, you go. Remember, they started a little scuffle, a little, little dust-up, too, uh, before that, where the, oh, the head of security of the Eagles oh, ended up yeah, getting yeah, into yeah, it and yeah, yeah. got Dom. some players kicked out. That usually rouses up the 49ers. Dom DeSandro. Yeah, you don't, don't get the 49ers more incentive. They don't need to be amped up. Well, that They're game was well in hand when that thing went down in the third yeah. quarter. Uh, what do you have for me, Rod? Uh, all right, uh, let's dial up another, uh, another who said that. Yeah, you know, we – we have a we have an amazing medical staff um, that takes care of us and in every way that you could imagine anything that we need they're always there they they work pretty much around the clock to to take care of us so we got one of if not the best in the league so there's no I mean I've heard what Amanda was telling me kind of all the stuff that's been going on and yeah I didn't we talked about getting a cart and I was gonna get a cart and then I'm standing there and. You know, I'm, I'm already on the sideline at that point. The tunnel's right there. I just wanted to get off the field, get out of there. I didn't know what was going on with my ankle. And I felt like I could get off. And I was like, hey, you're good. Just don't bring it out. I'm going in. And then once I got in there, I'm like, this is a pretty long walk, you know. But I, I was already there, and they asked again if I wanted a cart. And I'm like, no, we're going to make it the whole way there. I didn't know there was cameras in the tunnel, you know. So that's kind of there everywhere, exactly. So, uh, but no, it's, of course, we have carts, and we have everything we need, and I was the one that, that didn't choose to, to take one, you know. So, you guys put That's, that on uh, me. Maybe that was dumb. Maybe I should have taken one, whatever. But Trevor Lawrence. That is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, uh, high ankle sprain. They're talking about putting him out there. Look, yeah. that was a bad injury. I They're mean, talking you, about uh, high ankles. He's just a sitting duck. Mm-hmm. Sitting duck. They're talking about You're franchise planning. quarterback. I want to play this for you, too, Rod. Who said this? You'll know the voice immediately. We'll talk more about that. Also, we, uh, I'll tell you why Longhorn fans are not happy right now and why UT students are about to get their own version of NIL, I believe. But uh, can I play this one for you? Because I think you'll like it. A lot that would disagree with what I'm about to say. You want a strong seven. Let me tell you why. Ten, fine as all get out, tat out, body looking fine, everything like that. Got it going on. Too much maintenance. Too much. Because she knows she's fine. 
and you're expendable. She could take your leave. <laughs> a nine. That's a problem, too. Because you All got right, enough well, people telling her she's a 10. So have All right, there you go. Stephen A. Stephen A. Solid seven, the way to go. St Steve Rose, that's what you're supposed to go, a solid seven? Yeah. Okay. Any woman with Stephen A, keep that in mind. He basically thinks you're a solid seven. Oh, he just <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You. If he's saying solid seven is the way to go, is that the way he's going? Yeah. That's what he yeah, says. No, yeah, He also got into how he likes big butts. And, and I cannot lie. I was telling yeah. Rod about that. And he gets a little lie. weird on his, on his podcast. What's weird about liking big butts? I mean, nothing weird. <laughs> There's different meanings of weird. I mean, that's, that's sexually speaking. <laughs> He's a freak, bro. He's a freak, bro. And Charles Barkley was going to whoop his ass last night on the uh, NBA uh, play-in thing or, or in-season tournament. Steve, they single, though, right? He ain't married. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> we'll be back. He's looking for a seven. We're looking for a ten. One more hour to go. Uh, the fabulous 25th hour of our week is coming next on Hook